0: UK Motor Talk Hello and welcome, this is UK Motor Talk, I'm Mike I'm Jim, hello Hello, I'm Graham And I'm Dave, and we've got a full compliment. how is everyone? I think we're all okay, but we have had some some sad news this week, haven't we Graham?
1: We heard very first thing this morning that uh, Susie Moss uh, died uh, yesterday. Great friend of this program. Lovely lady. I knew her and Sterling fairly well for about three decades, about 30 years. And thanks to Goodwood for that, because that was where I was first introduced to him. But um, great couple. Lovely couple. Miss Sterling still very much. He died two, three years ago now. But Susie's passing is sort of a bit the end of an era. It's She was sort of the tail end of that generation of drivers, and they've pretty much all gone now. She was, of course, nearly 30 years younger than Sterling. But um, I think she missed the old boy. They were a very, very close couple, and they were very good to me. Uh, they, they afforded me lots of time. We gatecrashed their house with a couple of film crews, and um, they she was very hospitable. Uh, looking after everybody and making tea and biscuits and stuff. And they were just very welcoming. They were, they were just a lovely couple. Sad to see them both go. Sad to see Susie go. I hadn't realised she was quite so young. She was 69. It's no age at all, is that? That's very young. She was very, very steely lady, very smart, and with a very, very good memory. And, of course, as Sterling's memory faded in his later years, she would uh, remind him of uh, of basically, of his career, and I, I remember sitting at, uh, I think it was at Revival a few years ago, and probably not long before he retired from public life, and it was a, a sort of round table with a number of drivers being interviewed by a bunch of journalists, and I was sitting as it happened, more or less behind uh, Sterling, and Susie was sitting on the arm of his chair, and she was having to prompt him a lot uh, as to things that had happened in his career, and you know, a, a number of us commented afterwards that uh, things weren't going quite so well for him. And then we heard he was going to retire from public life. So I know Susie's gone as well, and uh, all of that um, knowledge will have gone with her. What a great pity that
0: is. An absolutely incredible couple, and unquestionably uh, an incredible woman in her own right, as well as supporting Sterling and leaving behind a, a, a huge legacy for motorsport. And that'd most certainly be. He missed never met her personally, but you uh you've
2: spoken very fondly of her over the years, Graham. And it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's always sad when a uh, I feel like she's raising family, if that makes sense. Being the uh, the yes, wife of Sir Sterling, it's it is like losing uh, I, d- I don't know, it's almost like losing your uncle's wife or something like that. That's that's how it feels to me, and as you say, one of the ones that kept them in check and, and kept the memories alive and and kept them going. But I did hear on um, something similar. There was uh, the Formula One of the – results of the weekend you know I think there were fairly few anonymous results in there I think if you asked um I don't know Nick DeVries I don't think he'd have any memory of the weekend at all it was that anonymous but I heard recently there was a few drivers that said oh yeah I did the the South African winter series at such and such one year and and I know I was there because I've seen pictures of me there but I don't remember going there at all all racing there, and you think, "How what what a life!" Where you think I've just completely forgotten going to a country, but it shows how um how mad the schedule must have been even then. I mean, they they were all doing other things, weren't they, and racing here, there, and everywhere.
1: She kept Sterling in order, um, which was you know he was quite an irrepressible, impish character, and uh, that was quite a difficult thing to do. But she would m- mastered the art of that. I think they were married for forty odd years or something like that. So. Um. Yeah they they were they were a, a lovely couple, lovely couple. I I really enjoyed the time that I spent with both of them and the occasional change in nicknames that they gave me over the years. So they never said anything nasty about me, at least not to my face. So I can thank them for that. One of the most odd things that ever happened to me, I think, at Goodwood. I was in the drivers' club garden. I've been chatting to Sterling. You know, I would interview him and then we'd sit and talk for half an hour, whatever. And Fernando Alonso was there that year, fairly early in his career, in the Benetton days. And uh, he came up and asked me if I would introduce him to Sterling Moss. <laughs> you know, why would you want me to do that? You know, you just got and talk to him. He's fine. He's approachable. Oh, no, no, well, You've been talking to him. You obviously know him. Can you introduce? Well, I was happy to do so because I know Sterling doesn't rate many, well, in recent years, didn't rate many drivers very highly. but. Fernando Alonso he did as he did with um, Lewis but not many others Um, and both of them had uh, pride of place photos in his office but uh, yes I introduced them and um, at 41 Fernando is still racing and still very very near the front as we saw just at this last weekend.
2: Thought it was a, a pretty good race at the weekend. There was certainly a lot to cheer on for Fernando. He continues to uh to give me hope, being slightly older than me and still uh, right up the front and and actually well leading for the first few laps until um the Red Bull sort of changed up a gear or I, d- I don't know if they hadn't warmed it up beforehand, so Perez was just taking it easy until the engine was up to temperature. You know, it was a bit like that. oh Don't take it over two thousand RPM until the needle's straight up sort of thing, and then um. Yeah, he dropped it a few cogs and off he went. But I thought Fernando did bloody well to get on the podium, but then he didn't get on the podium. But then he did get on the podium. And then it, that was all a bit of a, a cluster what's it from the FIA as usual, wasn't it? It was just a... Absolute shambles. no, you can't work on it. Well it didn't work on it, but the Jack touched it. But no, the Jack's allowed to touch it. Well the Jack isn't allowed to touch it. Why not? Well there's a picture of the Jack touching it, yeah, but that's the front jack. Yeah, but you didn't say anything about the front jack, and blah, 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 blah. And he said, how can it first of all, how can it take an hour? For somebody to go, oh, hang on, I'm not quite sure that's right. And like Fernando said after the race, well, he said, if I thought there was any doubt over it at all, because there was a bit of a doubt towards the end of the race that he might get a penalty for something. So he said, oh, we might have a five-second penalty. So he said, fine, okay. And he and he promptly pulled out, uh, what was it, 5.1 seconds, being uh, being the computer mm. that he is, mm. he pulled out exactly what he needed, you know, the, the Daniel Ricardo in the Renault thing. Oh, you got a penalty. Okay, I drive faster. All right, so he did. Mm. And again, if somebody said, oh, you might have a 10-second penalty, you would have pulled out 10.2 seconds and because that such is the um is the precision and and the brain capacity of the man um so it's to to bring it up after the race is is ridiculous you know it's but it's I, I think we're almost at the stage it's it's like var it's it's just slowing things down it's ruining things you can see a man on the podium and then he has to come down and give the trophy away and then the man who gets the trophy has to give it back again
1: even the original infringement of the rules was quite ludicrous i mean he was a few millimeters literally to the left of his box gained no advantage from doing so okay it was not as professional as we've come to expect from fernando uh, you would expect him to slot it right into the box but but he gained nothing from it so even the five second for me anyway as my view the, the 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 five second imposition in the first place was
2: was quite ridiculous, but it's—I I don't know why. there's... it almost seems to be—it's like a spin the wheel. Which rule are we going to pick up on this week? This week it is, and then—and then it's almost like there's there's a rule of the week. But Ocon that they'd uh, they'd picked on for. Being out of position last time out in Bahrain and then gave him a penalty because they worked on it too quickly and then gave him a penalty for speeding whilst he was serving that penalty. I think it was just to be, I think he'd wound somebody out. I think he'd parked in the race director's spot or something that weekend. (laughs) I'll just keep giving him penalties. That'll show him. But it's uh, the, uh, in Bahrain, I saw a few pictures. Uh, There were plenty of people parked as far over as he was. Why did they pick on him? It it seemed very odd. I mean, it's okay that they are the, the 19 best drivers in the world, plus one other. Um, Although actually, to be fair, they, they all seem pretty good this year, to be fair. So it's, maybe it is the 20 best drivers in the world. You would think they'd be able to park properly. But it's like you say, does it give any advantage or or not? Or is bearing in mind all the um accoutrements and bits and pieces on the side of the cars and bearing in mind they're about four times the size they used to be, is, is it a visibility issue is it can they not see do we need to do something slightly? you know do they all need the sticks on the the corner of the wing so they can see when they're parking up etc or I don't know bring back grid girls or grid boys to, to actually stand there and say this is where you park and then they all disappear again I don't know oh that the average supermarket car park had parking
1: as uh, accurate as uh, all 20 drivers managed.
2: Or I don't know. Maybe, maybe here's a uh, here's a possible advert for some autonomous driving techniques. As the uh, the various manufacturers ramp up their involvement, they could show off their auto park systems on F one cars. They press a button and off they go.
1: Perhaps F- Fernando was leaving room to get his trolley alongside
2: with his shopping. In. <laughs> But he's. Uh, but no, all uh, all joking aside, that was a reasonable weekend. Spiced it up a bit for uh, for Verstappen to have the drive shaft issue in qualifying, so start further back. But you always got the sense he was going to march his way to the front. And then just a little bit of suspicion. I don't think quite all harmonious in the Red Bull camp, and there was uh, a bit of suspicion out of Perez. Oh well, what lap time shall I do? Oh, do a thirty-three. Well, what's Max doing? Uh, thirty-two and a bit. Don't I need to do a thirty-two and a bit? Yeah, that's a good point. You'd probably think so, wouldn't you? Uh,
3: oh. Okay,
2: I think I'll do a thirty-two and a bit then, and then Max banged out the fastest lap at the end, anyway. But I mean, the race pace was a second ahead of of anyone else. I mean, they're they're just on another planet, the Red Bulls at the moment. But it's um, yeah, it was. I I thought it was a, a reasonably entertaining race, although Lewis is uh, doesn't seem overly happy with uh, with the car at all at all, does he?
1: No, but I think his his end position was somewhat better than. Uh he expected when I saw him interviewed on the Saturday post-qualifying and he, he just genuinely felt the car was a little bit better on the Sunday than on the Saturday but they've still got some way to go clearly and if the articles I've read over the last few days suggest a completely different design philosophy which they're in the process of imposing then um, uh, there's going to be lots of changes in a very very short order. I think Toto alluded to that that uh, There'd be lots of new parts at Melbourne.
2: Yeah, I think they've certainly had to uh, to ramp up the uh, the development or the change of philosophy rather sooner than than they'd like. But it's a, I don't know whether it'll be a case of have they had a few bits like this waiting in the wings, or are they almost going to go back to. The pre-season testing version of of last year, because of course when the car came out last year, it had normal side pods or you know normal inverted commas side pods. Although I, I think a lot's being made of the side pods, I'm not sure that's that's the overall issue. I think it is more floor and an underbody that's the issue. Yeah, um, I agree. It's uh, I, I don't know if they're almost gonna gonna have to take a few months or a year and a bit step backwards to go forwards again, and and how quick can they get, or have they been working on the the original concept all the way through as well and just looking at the pair of them. But I don't know, budget, budget cap, you've got to be so careful with, with how much time you spend on it. But I don't know, is it—is it a rudimentary thing Are they sort of, you know, are all the engineers taking bits of clay home and doing clay models and blowing smoke at them when they're at home and that's not in the budget cap and, and all this sort of thing. You know, you can't stop people thinking about it, can you?
1: No, indeed, and I I think the, the, the all of the factories have been working sort of 27 hours a day to catch up. You know, they're very determined as a team under Toto's leadership to um, solve the problems and certainly, you know, there have been suggestions that Lewis may be wanting out, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's the case. But then, you know, people have the most ridiculous speculations at this time of the season, pretty much all the way through the season now. So, no, I think Lewis is there to uh, hang on in there and uh, see what happens. But certainly my expectation is that by mid-season, there'll be um, a lot more combative and a lot more competitive.
2: It was quite nice that only by virtue of the fastest lap was Sergio Perez not leading the world championship, and you do kind of think, oh well, if a team have got a very nailed-on car advantage, how early do they call it? I think the second race is uh, probably a bit early to call it, but you never know. Maybe it was the second race. Maybe that's why Max wanted the uh, the fastest lap. But it was uh, good to see uh, to see Sergio get the win, and I'll say, fortuitous with uh, Max's drive shaft problem, but a very calm and controlled race, and then but kept his head towards the end and. Kept the pace that he needed to to keep Max away from him, so I think he seems Sergio seems happier with this car than than he certainly was with the car last year. So yeah, if he can agreed. maintain that for a bit, it's um maybe more in hope than expectation. But if he can uh, if he can keep this level of performance up and there's uh, a few reliability nickels, then um yeah, I think we could be in for. Hopefully an intriguing scrap for the championship, if nothing else. It's fairly obvious it's going to be Red Bull, and I think it's probably going to be Max, but if, uh, if Sergio can wind him up along the way and, uh, and wind up Jos Verstappen as well, then, uh, then all the better for it. It's good entertainment. <laughs> Just interesting, actually. That's the first time since 2009 that Red Bull have had two consecutive 1-2 finishes. And that amazed me, that stat, that despite, well, obviously 2009 was uh, was Braun versus Red Bull, but 10, 11, 12, and 13, all the domination of Red Bull and Sebastian Vettel, that they haven't had two consecutive one-two finishes. That's That utterly amazed me, that did. So, um, yes, well to... done, Red Bull. That's, uh, that's one ticked off the list.
1: Actually, so you've just reminded me of a story I really ought to tell, which is... Um... I didn't know him at the time, which shows my ignorance. But somebody commented that I think this was the best result in F1 that Aston Martin had scored since Roy Salvadori in 1959. And I remember at Goodwood on a press day climbing into a Chrysler Viper GTS with a tall, graying gentleman, and uh, who announced himself as Roy Salvadori, and and much younger than I. Didn't know him. And I said to him, uh, have you driven the hill? No. Have you driven this car? No. <laughs> and I, I thought, oh, dear, what are we in for? And just just masterly, I mean, this is a man that you know, drove in Formula One, won Le Mans, uh, won just about everything, world sports car champion in his day. But a big gap in my knowledge, one of them, I'm sure many, but um, charming gentleman. And Christ, he could drive a
0: bit. It seems that we're, we're not so far away from the, the likes of Goodwood coming up now. And certainly I'm already being started to be targeted by adverts on the likes of the socials. And don't forget to look us up, by the way. We are UK Motor Talk everywhere. Smooth. But certainly something that's, uh, that keeps popping up is things I can tease Dave with. So it turns out, because for some reason, it must be to something to do with my that? search history. <laughs> no, I don't want to rephrase it. I genuinely mean it, no, because these, these are a tease. So the likes of the marketplace on Facebook, for example, brings up no end of Alfa Romeo's and Italian exotica. Uh, what did we have this time round? It was, was it a 156? I forget now. It
3: was a 164, wasn't it? 164Q4. Which, is, yep. which has got twice as much to go wrong. So, uh, you know, you're <laughs> letting buyer beware. In fact, you should beware the minute you see the word Alfa Romeo and the three numbers 164 in the same order as that. But, oh, but they're you know, so pretty. They are. They're fantastic. And if Amazing. I had unlimited Thanks. resources, as I said in the group, if I had unlimited resources and a garage and was willing to sort of take leave of my senses i would have one in a heartbeat i absolutely would they're fantastic looking things the best Mm. one being the cloverleaf v6 q4 Mm. which i think was only ever made in left-hand drive and a surprising number ended up in japan where they do like their left-hand drive cars because they're more european and exotic and they do end up popping up on things like auto trader where a lot of um 156 GTAs are now starting to appear. Japanese cars never, never salted the road, so they've never rusted and, and they've been well looked after because of the Japanese MOT type stuff. 164 was another one and a few of those came back and there was a really nice 164, Q4, Cloverleaf, the, the full fat one with the all-wheel drive that was a Japanese one. It was about a year ago, and it sat on AutoTrader for ages and ages. So everyone else is going, yeah, no, don't think that's going to happen. And then it, then it went. And I, I still, to this day, wonder who got that or whether it ended up back on a boat to Japan. They went, you know what, cut your losses. Let's just stick with it. Mm, so much, so
0: much temptation. This one was lovely. But when the advert starts with lots of work already done, you think... <laughs> <laughs> Mostly <laughs> welding. Yeah, lots of work already <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I think, the, didn't it so have a Gates the cam belt as well? Yeah, yeah, well, it's a well well known brand, Gates, isn't it, for for rubber bits and bobs? But
1: yeah, I, I just, there again, the body panels were so thin you could wrap your Christmas turkey in them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. As for the electrics, well, less said probably But
2: they're so pretty,
0: just buy one Great car to drive when they were brand new It's funny you should mention about the, the body panel thickness actually Because we were speaking to somebody about a catering That uh, Jim and I went and looked at I say, what well, Jim looked at really? I just stood there looking at him looking at it If that makes sense um, and offering the occasion you were looking at the car more than looking at me, looking at the car. But that's yeah, that's that sounds weird when you say it like that. It does sound yes, weird when you say it does. It does sound really weird. Anyway, we were looking at a, a Caterham 7 and <laughs> um, which was described as immaculate, which really wasn't. Um, but we found out that the earlier models had thicker body panels and the later ones you could effectively dent by pushing. They're kind of a bit like a Coke can now, aren't they, really? So very easy to bend, very easy to presumably bend back, but not quite in the same shape. Still following Colin Chapman's ethos, designing lightness. Yes, yeah, that's it. Just not because it's cheaper, um, just make, <laughs> just, just just make, make it, easy, it lighter. a thinner, thinner gauge of metal. Yeah, just making it lighter. I'm not entirely mm. sure that that little bit of extra alley is is going to make a going to make a huge difference the overall weight over over the size of that car. But there you go. Um, but amongst the things that. I've been tempted with occasionally something that pops up would uh, tempt Andrew this one however I thought was excellent so this is an advert and I'm going to read it to you um, verbatim because I think it is a truly excellent advert and this is for a, a 2000 Land Rover Discovery which is the one with the seats that fold out sideways in the back if memory serves but quite a cool thing nevertheless and it starts like this I hate these. Bought it for parts. (laughs) I hate these. Bought it for parts. I love the honesty of these
2: these sort of adverts, because you know exactly what you're getting, and you're under no illusions. It's perfect,
0: straightforward. Say what you think. Yeah. Bought it for parts, but it's too solid, and will make a good car if you have no taste. And you thought of Andrew for this, did you? (laughs) No, it's because it's a Land Rover. it? It runs, drives, stops, and seems to do all of those things pretty well. Loads of power and the auto box shifts as it should. Three Amigos on. Someone's, <laughs> tried to, <laughs> someone's tried to clean it. So now it smells like a mix of a car that sat for a few years and carpet cleaner. Lovely. <laughs> and and you, you, instantly, you, you know exactly what that's going to smell like. It's going to smell like those vanilla air fresheners, you know, the magic trees. And you get into a car, mm. there's a magic forest and you think someone smoked in this going to smell like a mid-90s Ford that you bought from a, a council estate in the early noughties, many of which I bought, I have to say. Always <laughs> the same. They either had the blue something ice air freshener in or the vanilla one. Well, I don't know. If, if it was posh, you maybe had a poppy coral. Do we remember Ooh, them? Yes, I do remember Poppy coral those. air freshener, Expensive. Oh, yes. Expensive. Anyway, a lovely mix of beige, yellow, <laughs> <laughs> beige and yellow tones broken up with questionable veneer and mould specs. Nothing a bottle nice. of domestos wouldn't fix. <laughs> Look at the car's MOT history. It's actually been looked after, although I can't imagine why you'd want to. <laughs> Seals, chassis, wheel arches, etc. are all perfectly solid. There's some paint flaking which I can't punch through with a screwdriver. I tried. Bonnet's a nightmare <laughs> Bonnets a nightmare to open, unless you've got fruit winders for fingers. Ridiculous ball bar. BYOB, bring your own battery. Near in North Wales. I uh, absolutely love it. I, mean, I, was, I want to go and buy that just for the honesty. Well, it's, if you want it, it's uh, on the group Cars for Sale. It's £1,600. It's done 170,000 uh, miles. So there you go. And it appears to be sinking into the floor. But nevertheless, uh, allegedly, uh, it's very all solid. That, yeah. Generally speaking, when the air suspension collapses on the later ones. And you can see it with the back end dropped down like a like a dog with worms like dog or something. A dog with
3: worms, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that old one. But there
2: was on Facebook other gems. There was uh, there was one that you'd sent me a, a while ago and you sort of passively aggressively had a go at me for not having properly read the message that you sent me earlier. And uh, and I did look at it this evening as I said I would do, and that was the uh, the Aston Martin Vantage that you found. Now that that's oh, yes. that's quite a nice one, that one, isn't it? Yes, you
0: think that's the one? Yes. Let- Let's not talk one? about it because you know what will happen and I'll end up leaving a deposit on it. So there you go. Things, things like this are now popping up just to just to tempt me. Uh, and I think clearly, the, the, as Facebook has been listening to us chat for this period of time, it's now found all these, these wonderful things. One of the, the biggest problems, though, I think, for a lot of these cars, which are not necessarily the Alpha, but cars like the Aston, perhaps, and other cars that, that tempt me, I think I've mentioned before now, when I was looking at new family cars, I was tempted by what appears to be an absolute luxury and performance bargain. And I looked at a couple of Continental GTs, too small. Well, the car's huge, but not enough space in the back. But also, it's its bigger brother, the or bigger sister, perhaps, the, the Flying Spur. Now, the temptation to buy a big Bentley with a W engine in it and um, live out your sort of total, total fantasies, I suppose, must be—it's it's pretty huge. And you can pick up some of these cars from anywhere between sort of 13, 16 grand. This this Continental was 27 for a really nice one. And it seems like a huge amount of car for the amount of money. But with that comes, of course, the huge financial ruin, as Dave previously mentioned when it came to the Alphas. Thankfully, though, there are a few people that are starting to counter this problem, aren't there?
3: Yes, well you you're absolutely right because a a press release one of many that we receive during the week has flooded in uh from a company called Flying Spares. See what they did there. Basically they oh, yes. they're <laughs> a company that basically repurpose, shall we say, because we're in the higher echelons of of stuff here. Basically they're a posh company that recycles or resalvages, repairs, takes apart gives bits to sells bits on of Rolls-Royce and Bentleys. And as we know, there's probably quite a few of those that are in the stages of needing taking apart and having bits removed from in order that they can save others and keep them on the road. Flying spares seem to be the people to do this. Now, as we all know, back in the olden days, you'd have just gone down your local scrappy, climbed aboard yes. a a towering stack used of to rusty love that.
0: metal. Me too, three high. Bring your own tools. If you can remove it then you can, you have, can have it. it. Perfect. Yes. Per price. Although a complete lottery as to how much they're going to charge you when you get to the other end. Yeah. Mm. My local was um, was Bridges at Pease Pottage, which is still there. Very good uh, yard. Amazing yard. And I remember climbing three high to get some bits out the back of a Fiesta. And you could look around all the, the old rotten cars and find bits that were better on them than yours, and you would take that bit out. You could pick up whatever part it was, I think a stereo or something from, you know, an old Granada or whatever. And... One week it might be a 10 and the next week it might be 20. I think it depends how nice you said, all right, mate, to the guy when you walked in and walked out again. Um, Mm. yeah, yeah. If you tried to do that sort of upper class, middle class,
2: but trying to talk to a a tradesman type thing, if you did it in the wrong way, then the price maybe went up, didn't it? If you suddenly went a little bit cockney or common and trying to impress them, then the price went up, didn't it? You're like, hello, old boy. Mockney. (laughs) How much for this, my old mucker? 300 quid all right
1: i used to deal with a scrapyard in hampshire and he had a a unique bargaining stance which is basically if you jibbed at the price he put it up (laughs) and if you jib some more he just kept putting it up because he didn't care whether you bought it or not yeah that's fair enough plenty of other customers so if he didn't like the cut of your jib as they say he'd just tell you to go away in no uncertain what's
2: to be fair, I've, I've started doing that in, in my own small way on, uh, on Facebook Marketplace. Anything that I list on Facebook Marketplace, if it's, I don't know, an old fridge freezer for 50 quid and somebody messages me just saying last price or best price, 300 quid. <laughs> You've listed it for 50 quid. Yeah, but the best price is 300 quid. Yeah, you <laughs> asked. 45 quid, <laughs> <Yeah>. 900 quid, <laughs> 50 quid I, sold. I, I and, exactly and to be fair, it normally yeah. works.
0: It normally works. You you get something through saying 30. Uh, Hi, 30. How are you? Um, Yes. Or the other one, is this still available? Yes, it is. Would you like to view it? And they must just be – it's almost like they're staring straight past you, silently, never hear from them again. It's it's The other other one
2: I like to do as well is uh, anyone that asks for uh, advice on an internet forum-type place, and they finish the message with TIA, I always start my reply with, hi, Tia, I think you'll find the best way to do X, Y, Z is because
0: they've signed their name Tia, so they must be called Tia, why not? Oh gosh, you can tell with you can tell the parents, can't you? This 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 is these are a sort of dad level of jokes I think we're getting to here now. Um but sorry, Dad, we I realised we cut you off there with our nostalgic oh. view of how fantastic scrapyards used to be.
3: Oh I don't blame you. I think I think I was sort of lobbing in a grenade there and you've all jumped on it. No, it's it's true though, isn't it? We used to go climbing these massive stacks of rusting metal. Risking various types of tetanus and wondering if you'd had the injection in the last few years, but and <laughs> rabid dogs that were running riot throughout most uh, scrapyards, in my experience, yes. it always but. Does but it was fun it was fun to go and pick the bits off and go that's exactly what i need i know exactly what i'm looking for and more mm. often than not you'd get it for a decent price now due to health and safety and environmental concerns you can't do that and perhaps understandably because you know in the litigious society that we now find ourselves if you fall off even the roof of one car stack high enough chances are you're going to sue everyone um but this company flying Spits, i'm not so trying to promote them it's just the name on the top of the media release here um basically are saying what we've always said that why not reduce and reuse and recycle in order to keep things going but just because it's a Rolls-Royce or a Bentley does that make it any less likely a candidate to cannibalize to keep the ones going that are slow on the road it's not like there aren't a lot and you know to be fair if you go back to the late 70s 80s era of Rolls-Royce and Bentley they weren't the best things to be honest were they and you know they are lovely cars and Don't start hassling me and saying, yes, they're wonderful. You know, fantastic cars, beautifully engineered, but not the most reliable and probably not the most aesthetically pleasing. So if some have to die to let the ones that do still run around on the roads keep going, i say fair play. Why not? Just because it's a Rolls or a Bentley shouldn't matter cars are cars are car and as you know we move more into the era of classic motoring which all internal combustion engine cars are going to be eventually because they're not going to be making them for a lot longer this sort of thing is going to be more to the fore isn't it someone
0: yeah. needs to keep the wedding hire business going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think actually the uh the last
2: time at, well, i've only had the uh the pleasure of driving one rolls-royce and that was a uh uh, lent by a, a good friend of mine for a, uh, a friend's wedding because she, she posted on Instagram uh, a picture of a, a... I think it was a... What's a, what's it got? Is it a silver spur? You used to, sold it. Tagged her husband and said wedding goals in it. It was like, well, husband to me, I suppose, at the time. And I thought, oh, no, somebody's got one of those in a barn. So I said, oh, would you mind? Offer- yeah, yeah, take it. That's fine. Yeah, not a problem. So smoking around in this Rolls Royce for a, a day or two beforehand. But I've never been so paranoid about... A flat battery, it not starting, something breaking, you know, Mm. to the the point where I pulled up outside the house on the day to pick her up, boot straight open, disconnected the battery, and I had in the battery two jump packs and a transit battery as well, which, oh, that's on the side. I'll put that in a box in a boot just in case. So I had three batteries spare just (laughs) in case something didn't kick out. But. I did I did feel quite nice wafting about it. It it was beautiful, but you could hear the fuel. You could just clop 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 you could just feel the fuel disappearing, but it was quite a nice thing and it was it was it did give you that that fizz and that feeling. It was wonderful.
1: I drove a, a Rolls-Royce on test in about 1990, I think it was 91 something like that. And people looked at you very strangely. I I was stuck in a queue of traffic beside an overcrowded bus stop and I didn't enjoy the the looks that I was being given as I sat there in this Rolls Royce
3: and I'm trying to sort
1: of mouth it's not mine you know just driving it
3: the only way you could really get away with driving a Rolls Royce and keeping your integrity is drive it with garage plates on it and hope that people (laughs) see one end of the car or the other I don't know. I I, know. I
2: found with the, uh, with the wedding ribbons on it and everything else, it was, it was kind of a, people sort of pointed and smiled and waved, etc. So if you're going to smoke around in a Rolls Royce, then maybe just put wedding ribbons on it and then everyone seems happy. But it was a bit like uh, the, the only real time I felt slightly guilty driving uh, a car was uh, we were delivering a load of um, uh, fire support uh, mini buses, transits, things during uh, during the lockdown period, and uh, they've been delivered and all decked out and everything. But we had to do a few bits and then deliver them to the fire station. But right in the middle of lockdown, we were delivering these uh, these transits or whatever they were, all decked out in uh, in the fire livery, and uh, and people would applaud us. <laughs> it's like, well, yes, thank you. Yes, I've forgotten yes, about that. We're, we're working through lockdown, and and I just yes. wave back at them and and whatever else, and because you know, just oh, People are applauding us, you know. I mean, you know, we didn't get any yeah. round of applause on picking up the Fiesta from um, from Kent today, did we? Nobody gave us a round I, of applause. I have completely I just, forgotten about
0: I'll that. I'll take it. It was wonderful. It was really nice, wasn't it? Over the years, I've, I've had to drive a number of of emergency service vehicles, and have had the mutual respect from the other services going the other way. I mean, you can't really go no, 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 can you? To that, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you
2: don't stop and no, explain. No, no. It, no yeah, I, th- I think it was a combination of the, but then the fact our, our work uniforms look kind of like they could be a, you know, a fire response technical uniform, but it's a bit like well, the last time I was in Halford, somebody asked me about something or other. So I I spent about 10, 15 minutes explaining to them what whatever it was they needed to clean their car and do this, that, and the other, and it was, well, how much is this one? I haven't
0: got a clue. You work here, don't you? <laughs> no? Just as the manager well, walked up and said, to me? we've He's told like, you about well, this, you, Mr Baxter, you, are, you need to yeah, leave. You, but
2: just, well, you asked me a question, so I just thought I'd answer you. I just, I just thought you were chatting to me. Oh, I thought you worked here. Oh, right. Fair enough. And then, but, it's a, but yeah, just occasionally it's quite nice when somebody walks up to you. Oh, where's such and such? I've got a bloody clue. And you walk up and say, well, that man was very rude to me. Well, that's very good. He doesn't work here, so that's fine. He's allowed to be rude to you. I heard a wonderful
1: story yesterday. It was a program on women in Formula One, and the consensus view of the two women that were being interviewed was that uh, Formula One was very uh, accommodating uh, to women uh, in the factory and the design offices on the pit wall or wherever. I mean, uh, there are now a lot of women involved, and that's a good thing, but one of them was um, relating the story of how she's a senior design engineer for McLaren, and she Gone into a garage forecourt, and somebody had rushed up to show her how to put the oil in the car, and <laughs> and, and she oh, she said God. it it just wasn't worth the discussion. I just let him show me, even though what he was actually showing me was incorrect.
0: But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a lovely story. The classic is out, isn't it, with the Quattro and and, and Michelle Routon back in the uh, back in the day. Gave a very patronising uh, chat about uh, about the car and would she really want a Quattro? So she took the salesman out, terrified the living out of him. Um, okay. At which point came back, the guy apparently was just white and 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 borderline sick, and Audi made a pay for four new tyres <laughs> <laughs> uh, for teaching this guy a lesson, but but quite quite right too. Which, of course, is something perhaps that we should uh, we should ask you to do, Jim. Uh, bearing in mind that you have a habit of absolutely ruining the back tires on the back of the fist, we've had to stick another couple on, actually, haven't we? It's only two tires. We've done well out of
2: those tires; that were very, very cheap because I remember buying them in lockdown because uh, an eBay offer landed or something or
0: other, and we've uh, we've only just munched through them, so we've done well. Yes. so pipe down. They've, well, to, to be fair, they have done really well. They must have done five track days probably, and they are. They were cheap, about one hundred and fifty quid for the four. Um, Toyo TR one proxies. In case you were wondering, what we're running in one nine five fifty fifteen flavor. Um, they finally got stepped. Yes. Um, but they've they've actually been they've been brilliant. Uh, but the reason we've had to change them and do other things uh, is because we're off again, aren't we? This week.
2: Uh, we are. We're off to uh, we're off to Snetterton. So uh, yeah, we spent a a day doing uh, many bits and pieces, and well, mainly swearing at the position of certain unions and bolt placements it's and various bits and pieces 18-0. on the power yeah. steering pump on a fiesta but it was a uh, it's when we borrowed uh one of the technicians special tools you know was, uh, many manufacturers have special tools for performing various functions so we'd uh, we'd messaged paul haven't we and said what oh, how do we get this out, And he said, "Oh, look at my top box on the right hand side of the top, you'll find an eighteen mil with various bits trimmed out of it, and it's it's just it was it's in the most ridiculous place, but it's it's almost at the stage where you'd be tempted to sacrifice an eighteen mil ratchet and just leave it on the union, like just leave it in yes. the car, zip tie it up to the pipe so it doesn't rattle." To, to leave it there why the hell but why not just put it on the front of the bloody union I mean it's just ridiculous but anyway that's fine so after much swearing and me getting very upset with that we did uh you got we did very spits. upset with we, that I would I was just in a bad mood in general that weekend I think I was just fed up and bored with things in general and then we did the exhaust and then sort of tightened it up and the tighter it got the looser it seemed to get and it was just generally poor so we just got pp to weld it up together and then then everything's fine so basically i think we came to the conclusion that why we bother working on our own track car when we have a room mm. full of highly trained technicians whose job it is to work on cars i think we decided it was far better to just pay them to do it and
0: not bother ourselves well, and get worse than those. that the chap that did weld the two sections the exhaust together so we we added a um a new Miltech exhaust to replace the back box, which melted the back bumper because it fitted so poorly to the original (laughs) centre section. So we've changed the exhaust pretty much all the way back sort of centre back. But the guy that did it refused to be paid for it. And there seems to be a running theme not only do we have a workshop full of people who are very qualified to do it, they're also quite happy to get involved and generally not charge us anything for the privilege of having done the work. Um, yeah, so, so we
2: are- why, the, why the hell we bother wasting an entire Saturday, you know, sort of ruining yes. backs and giving ourselves blood blisters and various bits and pieces? I was actually quite chuffed early on in the day because I think you went out to get breakfast or something, didn't you? You came back and it was like, oh, we need to do those times. And I was like, done. Really, yes. Oh, we'll balance them, done. And I was, and I was really it, smug with that. It was like, look, I am mechanic. I know what I'm doing. And then the whole rest of the day went to <laughs> there. Uh, it, there we go. But eventually, we we have done some performance orientated modifications this time. So we've got an induction kit and a, and a bad boy did. exhaust because we we decided we had some decibels to play with after the last track day. And uh, the marshal at Goodwood said, "Is it on yet?" So we thought mm. actually yeah we 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 can go a, we can go a bit louder can't we? So we've got uh, the car should breathe easier. We've actually done performance work to the car this time, and we're off to Snetterton, we're off to Norfolk. Yes, we are, we are indeed. So, and it's a long many, drive, I many many hours. I do, need, hours of I do need to pack the cushion for the uh, for the seat.
0: Yes, you need uh, that um, that special ring shaped one. No, you told me it's not a ring shaped one. You told me to stop saying that. In fact, uh, the, in yes. fact, but
2: also I would like to go on the record as well that you owe me for a race seat. If if you spend. The track day having the the same digestive problems that you've had
0: over the last week, then you're paying for mm. a new seat as well. This is a clash of medications. <laughs> <laughs> was wasn't pleasant. And on that note, it really is time for us to say goodbye. So, from then me, we should, Mike, uh, Yeah, we should just just bring
2: it out sensibly. We're we're off to uh, we're off to Snetterton on a track day. Is a, is the long and the short of
0: that. So, wishes luck. Um, it's been a pleasure chatting to you all again, and look forward to speaking to you uh, on the next podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to find us everywhere. We are at UK Motor Talk, And please do subscribe to us. It's great to uh, to know that so many of you are out there listening to us. So, thank you. So, from me, Mike, good night. From me,
1: Jim, it's goodbye. From me, Graham, it's goodbye. And it's nice to be en famille again with
3: all of us gathered together. One big happy dysfunctional car family, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yes, it's been great. And I uh, look forward to catching you next time. Take care. See you soon.
0: UK Motor Talk, a First Take Media production.